I'm Samantha Bove, and this is She's Too Much. This show is for the woman who's been told that she dreams too much, talks too much, cares too much, thinks too much, feels too much, needs too much. And I say it's about damn time that we are even more. Because that thing you think makes you too much is the exact thing the world needs more of. So I have some news. I am in love. Full butterflies, pure romance, absolutely, madly, passionately in love with Tel Aviv. If you don't know anything about Tel Aviv, I didn't know much about it either. It is an amazing city in Israel. And so if you love travel, you love learning about new cultures, and maybe you have a place on your heart, whether it's Tel Aviv or Portland, wherever your soul is calling you, you're really going to love this episode because I talk about what travel does for me and also weave in some stories about the culture of Tel Aviv and what I learned from the people there. So if that sounds like fun to you, stay tuned. So right now I'm reflecting on my nine days that I spent in Tel Aviv and the reason that I went there, which I realized is actually very rare for an American to go to Tel Aviv, not on a birthright trip and also someone who isn't Jewish. So birthright, for those of you who don't know, is Israel actually sponsors anyone who's Jewish, anyone in the world to go on a free, fully paid for trip to Israel to learn about the country and the culture. And so a lot of the young people that you see there that don't live in the country actually go through birthright. And what I've learned when I shared that I was American and I wasn't Jewish and I wasn't there specifically for anything that it's extremely rare, which was honestly pretty upsetting to me because the city is amazing. I'm going to share more about that in a minute. But before I dive into the episode and all of the lessons that I'm taking from this really magical city and the beautiful, friendly people that live there, it's just an acknowledgement that Israel as a country is experiencing a lot of pain and their government is also inflicting a lot of pain just as America's is. And this is not an episode for politics. I have no stance on any of these matters. But the beautiful thing about travel is that it makes you educate yourself. And so as you're listening to this, do your own research. Talk to Israeli people. Talk to people that their decisions are affecting and learn and make decisions for yourself about where you feel comfortable traveling and what your actual opinions are, not just what you see on social media. Okay, so nothing lights me up more than traveling. And if I'm being really honest, before I went on this trip, I was really stuck in a little funky funk for about two weeks. I couldn't shake it. A series of events just kind of left me feeling a little bit insecure, a little bit shaky. And as soon as I was on this trip, about two days out of my routine, oh my God, I felt like I was just falling in love again. And that's really what travel is. It's the butterflies of all of the unknown. It's the insatiable curiosity to learn everything about a land, about a culture. Every single street is new. 
every single restaurant I've never eaten at. All of the words and phrases that I hear but really need to know because of the enthusiasm behind the sentences. It is so just honestly sexy to me and so stimulating eating new fruits, trying new flavors. And also it can be obviously so exhausting and challenging and honestly a little bit triggering, especially if you're traveling with a group of people. But it's all of my favorite parts of life. And what I've realized is the personal development bubble that I live in as a leadership coach and a business coach and someone who is definitely very into their wellness. You know, I do the whole gluten-free thing when I'm in America. I like an ice bath now and again and the sauna and the morning routine. And of course, not of course, but I love to meditate. I'm a Reiki master. I believe in these things and I study them and I'm deeply passionate about them. And routine is amazing and it's so supportive, but it's also where curiosity goes to die. There is no novelty in knowing exactly what you're going to do on a daily basis. And yes, you could bring a curious spirit to things and make every day feel new by looking at things with a new perspective. And if we're getting really honest, I get so bored in routine. And I notice that if I I'm not traveling to a new place, even if it's just the town next to me or a part of the city I haven't explored yet in New York, I really start to feel lifeless and so dull. And this trip really, really brought my magic back. And so before we dive into the official lessons that I've learned on my trip to Tel Aviv, I want to just set the tone of the city. And if I had to describe it in one sentence, it would really be a magical city where everyone is gorgeous. The cool girl doesn't exist and you get to eat dip for breakfast. So pretty much a heavenly land. Okay, so first up from Tel Aviv is go see for yourself, okay? And so these lessons are essentially travel lessons. So everywhere I go, every city I interact with or new place or new country, I know that my soul wanted me to go there to illuminate certain parts of myself that either I've been hiding from or that I needed to be reminded of. And so the theme here was go see for yourself. So people, especially people with a political or capitalistic agenda, they're always going to speak with a lot of confidence and conviction because it's their job to maintain a certain stance or an agenda to depict how dangerous or how safe a place is for you to travel based on interests that they have, right? I'm not saying negative interests. Maybe it's just to keep you safe based on their perception of what safe is. Or maybe it is a negative agenda. It's not what this podcast is for. It's just for you to get thinking of, am I not going to do something because what someone else has to say about it, whether it be the news or my mother? So I remember... When I was in Mexico over the winter, I was there on a leadership retreat and I was chatting with a local and I told him that I was living in L.A. and his face looked so scared. He was like, oh, my goodness, aren't you nervous to be living there alone? I hear people are dying in L.A. every single day. And I looked at him and it was the first moment I really, really understood that every single country is delivering an agenda that is typically, and this is obviously not in all cases, but much more 
scary than when you're actually there. And Tel Aviv is definitely one of those places. In all honesty, I was nervous. I was like, you know, based on the news and based on what's going on, I'm I'm a little bit nervous. And so I talked to my friends who live in Tel Aviv. I traveled with somebody who lived in Israel for a while and goes there often, and they educated me. I had the opportunity, based on the research and the education that I got, to decide I'm going to go see for myself. And of course, take your safety precautions and make your own decisions. But I can also tell you that I felt way safer walking around there than I did in LA or New York. And that's only because I had the, quite frankly, audacity to start to ask questions, to do the research on my own, to start talking about things and also not risk sounding dumb because there was a lot I didn't know there. And I'm going to share some more things about the culture of Israel and and what how they live and and all of that. But I think so many times I hold myself back about asking things that are that could make me seem dumb. And I've really changed my perspective on this, especially after so many years as a coach, especially coaching with leaders and CEOs. The only time I honestly feel dumb now is when I don't ask the question because that keeps my mind small. When you have the audacity and the bravery to ask a question, you are opening yourself up for the opportunity to learn, okay? So really, go see for yourself. That doesn't mean you have to go travel to a place, but if you have a call to go travel, to visit somewhere that may not be in the mainstream, you know, Amalfi Coast, explore, talk to people, do your own research and ask questions. Okay, this is number two. So lessons I've learned from this trip brings me to the people. And so this theme is really around building confidence through the connection to your community. And so a big thing I like to talk about on this podcast is true confidence building, not the superficial, like tell myself a million times that I look it in the mirror, but true grounded, unshakable confidence in myself. And one of the things that I saw really, really, really big in Tel Aviv was that the people, especially I'm going to speak to the women, had this level of grounded confidence that I can only link through talking to the locals as a part. After talking to the women there, I feel like this confidence is built largely from the connection to the community that they have. So let me explain this. This city, if you haven't been there, and I heard the rumors, but I had no idea how true it was, has some of the most beautiful people I've ever seen in my life. I mean, literally, I have minor whiplash from how many times my head turned to stare at a gorgeous man or a woman. I'm like, oh, my God, wait, am I the problem? Am I <laughs> am I the issue here? But I honestly couldn't help it. Like, literally, my jaw was dropping on a daily basis. And like, I live in New York City. So <laughs> like, there's a lot of models or a lot of beautiful people. Oh, no, 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 no. Tel Aviv has it's 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 um, yeah, I have no words. But anyways, I left this city feeling so much more confident in my skin. Okay. And like their beauty did not rub off on me. I'm not magically better looking. 
but I feel more beautiful and I feel more confident. And that's because their beauty really, it's not just about surface level, right? Because also beauty is in the eye of the beholder. These, you know, people could just be my personal type, but beauty is beyond the surface. It's a magnetism that I really believe is exuding from this feeling of community and unity that they have. And so, of course, as you probably can assume, in Israel, although Tel Aviv is very progressive and there's a lot of people who aren't super religious there, the majority of people who live there either were raised with a Jewish upbringing or still practice practicing in the Jewish faith. And so there's this deep sense of belongingness to everyone is everyone that's there because they were raised in a very similar fashion with a set of customs and um, rules essentially about the way of being. Not to mention they've had to overcome a huge, long history of trauma and adversity. And there is a sense of us, not an us versus them, just a sense of unity that you can really feel. And it's this sense of we, like we have gone through this and we will rise together and stick together as a unit. So when I say they're gorgeous, if they happen to be your your type of someone you're attracted to, that's one thing. But it's this glow that comes from this feeling of I'm comfortable in a place where I know I belong. And I think that that's really beautiful. And I don't think that you need to be raised in the same religion as someone. But it was such a reminder to me of like my community, my religion is a place where I can feel comfortable, where even if the person wasn't raised the same as me, they respect me and they see me. And how this really showed through in this confidence, it can't comes through in a lot of ways. Um, and I'm going to highlight a few because I just think they were so lovely to watch. So one of them was my friend Dasha, who was traveling with me. We had complimented one of the servers and just said, oh my goodness, your outfit is so beautiful. All the women here are so beautiful and so friendly. We're so happy to be here. And instead of deflecting the compliment, like I see so many Americans do, and I've done for so many years of my life, and deflecting a compliment looks like somebody compliments you and immediately you say, oh my gosh, no, I look a mess today. Or, oh yeah, I got this on sale at Zara. Or, oh my gosh, you look so amazing. I love your shoes too. Even if like you don't genuinely mean it. And this is not what they do there. If you give them a compliment, they take it in. She just smiled and said, thank you. With this sense of, I know, aren't we? Aren't we friendly? Aren't we lovely? Aren't we magnetic? It's this recognition of, oh, yeah, I know. Aren't we as a collective welcoming and here and able with grace and without ego to say, yeah, oh, you recognize me? Thank you for recognizing me. Thank you for seeing me because they're so used to being seen. I also really noticed this theme of grounded confidence play out and just watching the servers interact with one another and all of the I was watching a group of girls and they were dancing and singing and kind of like hanging all over each other and like loving on each other. And you could really tell like there's no cool girl here. No one's trying to one up each other. No one is trying to rush to a table. Everybody is helping each other. And it's that sense of unity again. And one other thing that I thought was really fascinating is that everyone in Israel is required to serve in the military for two years. Everyone. I didn't know this. This is something I felt a little bit silly about not knowing, but why would I know this? It's not taught in school. 
So men and women, men and women are all required to go after high school. And it's interesting, though, because you would really never think that based on the way that people are kind of carry themselves so relaxed and cool and actually very European, like, you know, and again, this is my experience with Tel Aviv and talking to Tel Aviv locals. I cannot speak for Israel because apparently Tel Aviv is very, very different, very progressive, very young and different in their views and opinions. But it's this very carefree kind of swagger that people walk with, not this very post-serving in the military rigidity that I often find in the States. And I really do think that that has a strong connection to, again, the sense that in Israel, keeping the family together and keeping a strong community is so important. And so when I was chatting with my friend who served in the military, he said that every week you are essentially required to go home to your family. So there's something called Shabbat that is every single Friday. And it's just a a really beautiful dinner with could be songs and um, it's religious in the sense that there is prayers that go with it. But essentially, it's a time where people come together every single Friday. Um, most cities like kind of close down for a period of time. Traditionally, there's no technology or electricity used and you're just with family. And so even all of the people, people who are in the military, they were still traveling home every single week. And so they were still very much integrated into the community and into their families rather than being cast out. And so to wrap up this point and my takeaway here on grounded confidence is, you know, confidence building is so much more than working on your fitness or changing your hair, all of these things that we see as superficial, like these women that I'm talking about, most of them had not a stitch of makeup on, their nails weren't done, no heels in flats and, you know, just like really casual trousers or cutoffs and Nikes and Converse, so casual, so cool, and so laid back. And yet they were so stunning and so radiant. And I really do think that has to do with the community. And so if you're feeling like, okay, I want to build my confidence instead of turning to, you know, Pilates or turning to what you could fix about your external world, really look at how strong is my community? How much time am I spending with the people who see me and love me, right? Because a lot of times I think people search for this community, this desire to have a tighter community when really there's probably people in your life right now that you love, that you can go book a trip to see, that you miss, that you can ask to come spend the weekend with you, right? That you can ask for a cup of coffee or invite them them over for a movie, and just start being more intentional intentional about the community that you do have, loving on them, feeling that love and feeling that love coming back to you, being more open to receiving that love, receiving that praise and receiving that recognition of just how magnetic and wonderful and stunning you are. And if you don't have that community, oh, I have been there and I'm actually going to be recording a podcast on how to call in that soul level community and friendship. Right now, I actually do have free guide that talks about seven places to find those really, truly soul aligned friends. I'll put in the show notes. I think it's samanthabove.com forward slash friends. So you can go start there too. Okay. My last takeaway here from my trip to Tel Aviv and my really, and a really, really good dose of travel is at the end of the day, we are all the same. 
And so I've found, especially being in rooms with people who are financially more successful than me, um, I've gone to, say, women's circles or leadership retreats where people are millionaires. I, at 21 years old, was trying to raise venture capital. And if you don't know what that is, that is when you go to people who have money and try to get them to invest money into your startup. And I was pitching to billionaires with a B and I was broke in college and 21 years old and had absolutely no idea what I was doing. And so I've been in rooms with a lot of people who have made me feel really, really small. And I guess they didn't make me feel that way. I made myself feel that way. And I think society also contributes to making people feel that way, that if this person makes more money than you do or has a more prestigious title, and it's not only prestigious title in the sense of, say, doctor or a lawyer or investment banker. Nowadays, it can also be something like philanthropist or um, influencer or paid content creator, whatever specifically does it for you. Um, author, best-selling author, New York Times author, she's a podcaster or this or that. Whatever title or socioeconomic status that just makes you feel a little bit small and causes you to not full up and show up in your full light and say exactly what you want to because you're already feeling so small that, oh my goodness, like God forbid you can sound even more dumb by saying the wrong thing or honestly, why would why would I, I've thought to myself, why would I even speak right now? I'm sure they can say it better or they have so much more to add. Let me make space for them. I really learned from this trip that that's still there for me, that there's still ways that I'm ranking myself um, when I walk into rooms with people. And it's something that I think I'll always be unlearning and relearning that that if you are human, you are the same as me. Because every single human on this planet has had heartbreak, has had grief, has had pain, has had a really bad stomachache, okay, has, you know, been through challenges, has likely lost somebody that they cared about so much through death or through a breakup, um, has probably had back pain or a blister. We are humans dealing with the same thing. And at the end of the day, we all put our head on the pillow and just hope that we're doing the best that we can. And Tel Aviv really, really it lives this. And so let's talk about classism for a second, because that's essentially what I'm talking about. So classism is a form of discrimination or prejudice. This is the Google definition, but I think it tracks based on social class where individuals or groups are treated differently or unequally due to due to their socioeconomic status or perceived social standing. And so I was a waitress for many years in high school. Shout out Nona's. And I would never, well, I didn't smoke cigarettes at this time. And I don't know either. <laughs> but at this time, I didn't as well. And okay, well, that's a lie because I did actually smoke a tobacco cigarette while I was in Tel Aviv, but I haven't done that since seventh grade. Anyways, now that I'm airing all my dirty laundry. So point being is that the chefs that and servers that did smoke would never go do it in the front of the restaurant where there was seats. They would be in the back alley and they would be, you know, separated from the patrons because they, the bosses and the owners wouldn't want the cooks or the chefs or, 
the servers to be mingling with the patrons because of classism. Whereas in Tel Aviv, and also which is very much through Europe, the servers and the chefs and the cooks, they're coming out on their break. They're saying hi. They're sitting at your table if there is an open chair and they're chatting with you. The servers, again, if there's an open chair, they'll sit down and they'll throw their elbows up on the table and ask what you want. They'll pour a shot and take a shot with you and cheers. It is so different and it's such a good reminder of like, what are we doing thinking that people can't, shouldn't be mingling to create some type of vibe that honestly is just really not human and really stuffy and to me, as an Italian-American, I really didn't grow up like that. Like, everyone, regardless of the status that they had as their job in my family or friends, everyone was welcome. As long as you had love in your heart and you had an open heart. And I mean, definitely, you know, quite frankly, <laughs> like a little bit of a good sense of humor, you were welcome. And I loved that reminder here. And this was confirmed with talking with the locals. I asked, like, is there as much of a status and this sense of classism as there is in America for people who have visited both or, or lived in both places? And well, one, like doctors and lawyers just don't make as much money as they do in America. So I will acknowledge that. But they did confirm like, yeah, it's just it's not as much of a thought process. Like, yes, people in high tech are definitely put on a little bit more of a pedestal. It's like, oh, that's a really good job. But it doesn't really go beyond that as much as it seems to in the States. And it doesn't seem to limit people's contribution to what they have to add and the creativity that they have to bring or their unique perspective because they don't fit into a certain bucket of high education or a certain type of status symbol. So to wrap it up, first lesson, go see for yourself. If you have a call to do something, experience something, ask questions, do the research, and go see for yourself how you feel about a certain place. Also, if you're looking to build more confidence, there is nothing like community that will really be able to do that for you. Second lesson, if you're learning, if you're looking to build your confidence, remember to be and stay around people that make you feel like you really, really belong. And then lastly, remember that if you are human, you and I are the same. We may not have the same beliefs, maybe not the same values, but if we are human, we are the same. We have been through heartbreak. We know what love is. We know what laughter is. And don't ever, ever, ever limit your voice or quiet yourself or try to be smaller because you feel like someone else is bigger. These are just man-made constructs. If your heart is full and you have something to share, you belong there. So whether it's to Tel Aviv or it's to the town next to you, I hope this inspired you to go try some new food, meet some new people, sit back at a coffee shop like I did for hours and just watch and listen and learn about a new city, a new culture. And I'm taking some really, really, really impactful lessons from Tel Aviv with me. And I hope I inspired you to book your next trip or do some research. 
And right now I am in Italy. And as I wrap this podcast up, I'm going to go meet my sister. We are in Puglia. And this is where my ancestors are from. It's southern Italy. And I just feel really grateful. Um, I really listened to my intuition on this one. And check out episode one if you haven't already on intuition. And it's been a really, really incredible trip so far. I can't wait to tell you more about it. It's my favorite place in the whole world. Um, if we're not Instagram friends, follow me at samantha.bove if you want to see me eating my body weight in cheese and wine and beautiful sunsets and new friends and just exploration and travel and and life. Feeling very fortunate for you. I've, I've, I don't know if I've ever loved anything so much. And if you're loving the podcast, please leave a five-star review. Share this podcast with people that you love. And head over to my website, samanthabove.com forward slash intuition. If you want three activities that you can do this weekend that are a lot of fun and will also help you to strengthen your intuition because that's all it's about is building self-trust, building our connection to our inner knowing, to our true self, and connecting more with our voice so we can use it and really, really be beacons of light. Until next week. Bye.